listening to the place for biblical end times truth, the Remnant Report. I am your host, the Remnant Warrior. Here, we are dedicated to equipping the Remnant for the tribulation that must shortly come to pass, as well as reaching the lost at any cost. The time is near us to not love our lives even unto Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to this special Facebook Live edition of Serpents and Doves Radio. I am your host, the Remnant Warrior, and I am so happy to be here, but I am so sorry that you lost me again. Um, I was in the middle of praying, and I hope that you all continue to pray with me. I'm very, very sorry that that happened the way it did. Uh, the enemy is really, really trying. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, I, <laughs> something that is, there's no way it should fall. I mean, that thing is sturdy. It fell completely off, and I was still praying and was still going to continue. And as I picked the camera up, Somehow, it just flashed across my computer screen and said, our live event ended. So, uh, I've only got one of you back. Um, I'm going to to do my best to, uh, I don't don't really know how to, uh, I've got my phone. I don't know how to, to message any of you to, to let you know that I'm back, but hopefully each and every one of you that were listening, were watching on Facebook Live will be back and find your way back, and we're gonna, um, we're gonna just start from here. We're gonna start over and pretend the first episode didn't happen, and after I finish this broadcast and this video i'm gonna erase the other one and you know just pretend like it didn't happen uh we're starting from scratch here and even though we're late uh, you know things like this happen but it's okay we're gonna this is the the episode this is the video the only video there's going to be we're not going to have any more technical problems i have prayed and i have bound satan the enemy in the precious, holy, and powerful name of Yeshua, of in Jesus Christ's name, my Savior, your Savior, and He is bound and He cannot bother this broadcast anymore. I just hope that all the ones that were on there can find their way back on there. Uh, 
can you, uh, hon- uh, honey, can you uh, message uh, Donna and let her know so she can find her way back on there, and then she can message the others. Um, also, honey, uh, can you, are, are, are you friends with, uh, yeah, you are, go to Chris Anderson, Chris and Danielle Anderson. He was on here as well. Send him a message, let him know we're live, and then hopefully everybody will, will see and, you know, we'll have the audience back. If not, then, you know, people can watch it after, you know, you don't have to join us live to see the broadcast, um. Tonight, as I said earlier, but we're going to start over and forget everything I said earlier and do it over again. Tonight on Serpents and Doves Radio, we're not going to be doing things the way we normally do them. We're not going to be talking about the normal fringe topics, uh, you know, that we all like to discuss on, on this program, like... Um, secret societies and the Nephilim and, you know, the Divine Council and, and, you know, all the fun topics that it's wonderful and awesome to talk about from a biblical perspective. You know, using our sword, the Word of God. But tonight, we're going to do things different because today, today is a very, very hard day for me. It is every year. Uh, August the 15th is always a hard time for me. Uh, on this day, six years ago, uh, my best friend died of a drug overdose. And uh, he died basically you know, in my arms. I was doing CPR on him. Uh, my mother and, and I both... Um, Thank God she was here because I didn't really know the CPR. Um, she had to coach me, but we, we did the CPR until the paramedics got here, but it they, they weren't able to bring him back. And I lost, um, you know, someone that was as close to a brother to me. that We couldn't have been closer if we were blood. And because of that, um, and because for the past few weeks close to a month now the Holy Spirit has been leading me to share my testimony with my my radio audience and the podcast audience and so I, I had planned on doing that sometime after I finished the Paganizing Christianity series and we finished Paganizing Christianity we had the program last week on uh, Freemasonry, but it was basically just an overview. So we're definitely going to continue with the the exposing Freemasons ep- uh, series. But for tonight, in honor of one of the best men that I have ever known, Michael Rogers. Everybody from around here knew him as Willie. Um, I see that one of my page managers commented on the page, but there's nothing I can do about it because she's not on here right now. But 
anyways uh, regardless uh, we've got a few other people that just come in but tonight like I said in honor of Willie like I said everybody around here knew him as Willie and anybody that knew him could tell you that he had a heart of gold he would give you the shirt off his back and you know in honor of him because today is six years his six year death anniversary uh, for lack of anything better to call it that's what we're going to do tonight and I know there may be a lot of you or some of you watching that are local that um, are and listening because you know this is I'm doing this Facebook live but this is tonight's broadcast of Serpents and Doves Radio and so my listeners uh, you know they're they're really going to be tripping out uh, over everything that happened because they heard every bit of the problems with the radio I mean uh, the the camera falling and all of that but you know all I got was a bunch of of LOLs and you know uh, other comments that were encouraging and you know that really really helped because I was guys I gotta tell you man when when my camera fell while I was praying to bind the enemy that Man, that's spiritual warfare, guys, and that's that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. That, that's why I was saying earlier, but even though we're starting over, I'm still going to say what I said earlier. Um, tonight is going to be my testimony, but it's going to be in a way that nobody has ever heard it before. You know, I've given my testimony now more times than I can count, but, you know, I, I've never, ever given my testimony the way that I'm going to give it tonight. I, I'm going to be giving it with more than just telling a story. I am going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story about me. But I'm going to I'm going to do more than just tell the story. I'm going to narrate the story. And I'm also going to tell the story from... Uh, a sermon point of view um, and I, I think that the way I've got it planned out will be will be something that works out pretty good you know I, I'm just gonna let the Holy Spirit lead um, I've got the camera set up to where um, it cannot fall <laughs> um, it's it's not where I wanted it but everybody can see me and that's all that matters and everybody can hear me so we're gonna get started um since the camera fell and we had to start over i am gonna um i'm gonna start the broadcast over with the word of prayer like i always do where's she at do you know is she said why she couldn't okay um okay how about post it on your timeline as well but make the phone call for me no it's not it's cut off uh, but uh sorry guys I was talking to my 
beautiful technical advisor, my wife, and uh, I had to get her to, to do something for me. Uh, trying to get everybody that was on here before because there were several people on here. I know there was one person that has, um, I don't know if he's ever listened to the radio program uh, or the podcast, but uh, I know that he, he didn't watch live last week on Facebook. And, you know, anytime I see somebody new watching or anytime somebody new messages me and tells me that they've heard an episode of the program, it really, really, really lifts me up. And it makes me, you know, strive to do better and to do more for God. That is what this is about, guys. This isn't about me. You know, I do every bit of this to further the kingdom of God. And I do all of it for the glory of God. Because everything everything we do as believers is for His glory. And everything we do and the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act as Christians, as members of the body of Christ, people are supposed to be able to just look at us, listen to us talk, you know, see us in the way we act, in the way we live, and just see Jesus Christ in us. That should be a witness all by itself. Yes, we are supposed to share the gospel, the good news with the world. We are. But we're also supposed to live a life that will allow the lost to see Christ in us. We are the body of Christ. From the time that Yeshua ascended to heaven to the right hand of the Father, us on this earth, the church, we are Christ on this earth. We are the body of Christ and we are His hands on this earth. We are His eyes, His feet, His mouth. So in order for people to hear Christ's words, what has to happen? The body, us, we have to speak. We have to um, walk, use our feet, go to spread the word. And we have to live our lives showing people Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is about. And that's all I want to do. I know that there are some topics that, you know, I I discuss, um, such as the Paganizing Christianity series that, you know, they they cause a little bit of conflict and discussion. But as long as that conflict is handled the right way, and as long as disagreements are handled the right way, then people learn truth, and people hear truth, and... Through prayer and through the Holy Spirit, they're able to recognize that truth. That is the way that I was able to recognize that truth and see that truth and come to all kinds of things and recognize and see things that were true in the world and in the Word that I never knew before. And 
that is what this program is about is spreading the truth spreading the gospel bringing the lost to Christ but also edifying the body and tonight I hope that you all will be blessed by the story you hear I just ask that each and every one of you will pray for me that the Holy Spirit bless and speak through me and that God will give me the words to say although it is my testimony like I said I'm going to be doing it through scripture and because I'm going to be doing it through scripture and through you know a sermon then it it won't be any way that anybody's ever heard it before I'm going to read you guys a verse and this verse means oh guys it means so much and I wish someone would have shared this verse with me when I was at my worst and needed Christ and needed to be delivered but because of that that didn't happen I was able you know God does everything in his own way in his own time and that's exactly what happened with me I would not change you know anybody in my family my friends they'll all tell you anybody that's heard my testimony will tell you that I would not change any of the horrible things that I went through because they all made me the man I am today and I'm not saying I'm a great man what I'm saying is they made me the vessel for Christ that I am today and made it to where I'm able to share the gospel and help people come to Christ and also break free from the chains of addiction through Jesus Christ the way that I did because of the things that I went through and lived before them and they would not even listen to me otherwise I know that I had plenty of believers people that I loved that loved me that cared about me um, and they always came to me and you know they would tell me all kinds of things that you know God wanted for me and how God could change my life if I would just allow him to do so and you know but I didn't want to hear it because I knew that none of them knew what I was going through but because I have been where most everybody that is in that world has been then they you know they they they'll listen to what I've got to say and so I really hope that everyone listening tonight will you know whether you're a believer or not I hope that you'll hear my testimony and that it'll bless you but 
If you are not a believer, and most especially if you're not a believer and you're, and you're struggling with addiction, or if you are a believer and you're struggling with addiction, I want you to listen to the words that I say tonight because they are so important. They are so important. Right now, before I start my testimony, I've got my Bible here, um, and I'm going to give I'm going to give some scriptures um, at the end of the program tonight. That anybody who's struggling with addiction, or you know, you know, you can all write them down in case you know you ever come into contact with anybody struggling with addiction. I've got, you know, I've got about ten scriptures or so that that. I use when I'm talking to people and counseling people about addiction and helping them to get through their addiction. So I see we've got Larry Manning back from the Christian Without Religion Network. Thank you for joining us, brother. Uh, This week, thank the Lord. we're gonna uh, have a better program than next than last week. Uh, we had the technical difficulties last week. We've had some this week. The enemy has really, really tried to stop this program from happening. And I encourage all of you who are just now tuning in to go back to the beginning of this program, not the one that ended, uh, you know, like ten minutes into it or something like that, uh, because I'm gonna erase that. This is tonight's program. The enemy did not win. We won this spiritual battle. This program will happen. We came together in prayer. And, you know, we had the victory through Jesus Christ. And, guys, I just... If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to them. If you don't, it's fine. Like I said, at the end of the program, you might want to have a pen and paper ready so you can write the scriptures down. Um... The first scripture I'm going to read uh, is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 14. And it says, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. Now, that is an important scripture, and I, I use it along with the next one together when I am sharing my testimony with anyone one-on-one. And so I'm going to share them both with you tonight before I start my testimony. The second scripture, the first one would be, I know that it wasn't me, it was Jeremiah, but in... This instance, it would be me talking to my Father, my Heavenly Father. And this next scripture is also in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 12 and 13. And this is the Father talking back to, in this case, to me. And that this one is then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you 
You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Guys, that is exactly what happened with me. You will hear that when I get to that part of my script, my, my testimony. Scoot my computer chair up to my desk a little further. But when, when I get to that part of my testimony, you will hear that that is exactly the way that I was delivered. And God is faithful and he has promised us in his word that anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ you will be saved and I'm going to tell you the story now of how I got to the point of having to cry out in the darkness, in total darkness, and I mean like night darkness, but also the darkness of sin and addiction that I was in in my life before I finally was broken enough to surrender to Christ and to call out the same way that the scripture just said and just like our father says in Jeremiah 29 12 and 13 if we seek him and find him with our whole hearts then he will listen to us and Come when we call. And guys, that's exactly what happened with me. And I just want to challenge everybody tonight. No matter what's going on in your life, you don't have to be battling with addiction. You can be, you know, you can be a pastor, a deacon, you know, or just a Christian that's very strong in your walk with the Lord, but everybody goes through trials and tribulations. You know, as believers, we are not promised the perfect life. As a matter of fact, I dare say that it gets harder, but the difference, the difference is it's harder, but it's easier because now with Christ, no matter what happens, no matter what what comes our way we can get through it as long as we call on him seek him with our whole hearts he will be there and he will give us the strength to get through it now guys I am not going to tell you my entire life story but I am going to tell you my testimony And like I said, I'm going to give it in a way that I've never given it before. And I've given it a lot of times by now. Um, This is the first time I've given it uh, on the air, on video, or uh, on um, the 
even on the radio, like I said, uh, I, I felt very led to share my testimony with my podcast audience as well because, you know, none of them have heard it. So, uh, first of all, I didn't start off, you know, in, in a life of sin. I was raised in a, a, a very good home, pretty much. Uh, as far as the way some people grow up, um, you know, seeing all kind of drugs and alcohol around them, you know, not having, not being grown up in church. Um, that's not the way I, I was brought up. Um, you know, I had a family who loved me and I did grow up in church. I was in church my entire life. I did have a lot of struggles when I was young and I know that they affected me when I got older. But first of all, my father, my father was a great man of God who I, (laughs) I strive daily to want to be like him. Um, You know, when I, I, as believers, we all most importantly want to be like Yeshua. We strive to live like Christ. That is first. And that's a given. But, you know, we, we read our Bibles and, you know, a lot of us want to be like Paul. You know, we want to have uh, his faith. You know, we want to be like David um, and have his faith, you know, to stand up to Goliath. But for me, I had, you know, I had people in the Bible that I wanted to be like. But more than anything now in my Christian walk, you know, I want to have the faith my father had. Um, (laughs) And um, I I can tell you, if you go to, um, if you go to Anchor, um, the the same place that my podcast is on, uh, that this program is on, Serpents and Doves Radio, you can find if you go to the search engine type in send the light it's a podcast that's also on anchor uh pastor michael lupo who is my dad now he has taken over the program um i i used to do it uh a long time ago and he took the program over for me but i say that to say this go to send the light and check out the episode that has my father's testimony in it. My father's testimony is in the the um, send the light. It's in the archives. Um, I don't remember exactly the name of the episode, but um, if you if you read the the episode descriptions, you'll be able to you'll be able to discover it fairly easy. And I will also at the end of this program. I will make sure that I've known it by then. Um, you know, my my uh, my mother and my father are watching and listening. So, uh, guys, um, if you can, please just text to my phone the um, the different. Uh, like I said, the uh, hold on one second. Alright, sorry guys, what I was saying was, I didn't want that camera to fall again, I had to fix it, uh, 
if you hear my father's testimony, the testimony that he has on there is the very last time he preached before he died. And he actually, instead of preaching, he gave his testimony, but he did it in a sermon, which is what I'm going to try to do tonight. But I've got to try to hurry because I've only got about 45 minutes left. Um, So, um, my father passed away when I was three. He was a wonderful man of God. He loved the Lord. But when I was three, he died of leukemia. Um, Trying to remember exactly when he was diagnosed. I want to say it was in... um, Uh, 83 maybe he was diagnosed I don't know but I know it was um, not long after I was conceived that uh, they found out that he had leukemia and uh, you know if they would have found out any sooner I wouldn't be here because the chemo and back then you know we didn't have the 1983 is when he was diagnosed but back then they didn't have the cancer treatments that they have today and the experimental chemo that he went through uh, there would have been no way that I would have been able to be conceived you know I've heard that story many times and it's the truth and you'll hear throughout my testimony that there (laughs) there are so many times that I should have died and I didn't because Jesus Christ had a plan for my life, a plan for me to reach others for Him and grow the kingdom. And since He's delivered me from the chains of addiction, I have not looked back. And guys, I got to tell you, although I have horrible things still happen in my life, and I have bad days and bad times, and just like everybody else, I have... I have the comforter that is here with me, and I have got peace and joy, something that I never had in my life before I had Christ. No matter how happy I was about something, no matter what kind of feeling I got from a chemical or what kind of high I got from a drug, it does not begin to touch the peace and the joy that you get from the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And guys, like I was saying about my dad, he, I remember, I, I do have one memory of him and it's its vague, but the, it's not really vague, but it's the only memory I have. And I was, it was at my third birthday party, uh, or right before my third birthday party. We were at the beach. And, um, I, you know, I remember that I was playing around. I love cowboys, wanted to be a cowboy. And I was playing around and, uh, you know, I, my, my dad and my mom both, you know, they kept uh, saying... What are you going to be when you grow up? Uh, and my dad kept saying, you know, I, uh, and I, every time I, they'd ask me what I wanted to be, I'd say, I want to be a cowboy when I grow up. You know, when I was three, I had my cowboy hat, 
my gun, everything, you know, my little cat pistol. Man, <laughs> I wanted to be Festus. Um, I know there are a lot of you on here old enough to know who Festus is, man. <laughs> I wanted to be Festus. And um, my dad would say, you know, that's fine. You're, you're going to be a Christian cowboy. And, man, I was stubborn. I was stubborn back then the same way I am now. And my mom <laughs> tells me all the time. And I also know that that is a quality that that I, was given to me from the Lord. That is why I have, you know, questioned I've been able to see the truth in the scripture and the truth that the Holy Spirit has shown me and be able to question things that happen in the church and question things that go on within the body of Christ that most people don't and that I probably wouldn't otherwise but regardless you know back then I'd say no I'm not gonna be no Christian cowboy but my dad told me you know he said I didn't, he didn't care what I was when I grew up as long as I was a Christian and that is the one memory that I have you know I've seen a lot of videos of him I've seen him preach I've seen him give his testimony I've seen him <laughs> oh dying of leukemia with just a few months and then his last time weeks to live and I've seen him walk up to the pulpit with uh, a walker I've seen him have to be helped up to the pulpit with by two different grown men but he, he always went up there and preached anyway that was the faith he had that was the love for Christ he had and that is why it is so, always ever since I've come to Christ the most important thing to me as far except for being Christ like the person that I wanted to be like was my father because I saw his faith and man he had he had the faith to move mountains but it was not God's will for him to live past 24 and he died at 24 he didn't make it at 25 and you know I know that my mother my grandmother and the rest of my family had to question why that happened at the time but there was a reason for it we're going to skip forward in my life I stayed in church uh, my mom you know her and my stepdad kept me in church she eventually remarried and uh, my mom and my stepdad had my little brother and you know I um, I thank God for my little brother that's you know that he would not be here if her and his father did not get married and so you know that God has reasons for everything. Uh, you know, my, I, I, there's no telling how I would have turned out. Instead of wanting to be like him, I could have, you know, completely, uh, with the type person I am, type personality, I could have completely turned away and just bucked everything that he would have taught me. And I could have turned away from Christianity. And I may not have become the believer I am 
and I w may not have had this the ministry that I have right now if that wouldn't have happened but I also gained from my mother marrying my stepdad I gained a sister and two other well three brothers total I just told you about the one but two other brothers who I became very close with and we were all very close growing up um, you know I had the one half brother who is my blood and he is my baby brother and then you know I had two step brothers and a stepsister but they have never not once right now I only said it because you all knew that my father died so you knew that they weren't my blood but they're not my step anything those are my brothers and she is my sister and I pray I, I see um, one of my brothers Jason is watching now and I love you man and I'm glad that you're here and I pray that you will stay for the entire program and I, I do hope that my other two and my sister will join as well I see my uh, um, other brother who um, is not my brother by blood but he's just as close as a brother could be um, Brad you're watching and I'm glad you're here man um, I just want to thank each and every one of you for watching you know I, I did that in the beginning but then uh, on the first video but then we had the problems with the camera falling and we had to start over so again I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching and listening on the radio tonight I love each and every one of y'all, and I'm thankful for each and every one of y'all. Move forward in my life. Uh, you know, I become a teenager, and, you know, I was a rebellious teenager just like any other. Uh, my mother and my stepfather's relationship didn't work out. Um, you know, some people just aren't meant to be. Uh, I, don't, I don't have time to get into the reasons that that relationship didn't work out, but it didn't. But my brothers and my sister and I, we always stayed close. Even after they divorced, you know, they still came over to the house all the time. And, you know, even though my mom was their stepmother, um, all except for my baby brother, Zach, um, they were, I mean, she was like their mother, their second mother. And, you know, we were all close, all close growing up. And that was a good thing, but, you know, it wasn't a great thing because we were all very close in age, except for our baby brother, Zach. Uh, me, Dustin, Jason, and Tiffany, we were all teenagers at the same time. You know, there was uh, two years apart between all of us. Uh, Jason was two years, I, I was two years older than Jason. Dustin was two years older than me. And, you know, Tiffany, she didn't really, my sister, she didn't really, you know, go the route we went. She didn't party hard like we did. But, but at, as a teenager, I started living that party lifestyle. You know, I never got addicted to drugs as a teenager. Uh, but I did learn that party lifestyle, and I lived it hard. And, you know, even though I accepted Christ at 13, I... I don't, I, I don't believe I really accepted Christ, you know, um, although I do believe when you truly accept Christ that there's no way to lose your salvation, except for 
uh, completely turning your back on the Lord and, you know, uh, going and serving the enemy. But I don't believe that anyone who is truly a believer would do that anyway. So, I do not believe you can lose your salvation. And I do not believe that I truly accepted Christ at 13. I partied hard throughout my teenage years. But I found and started dating my wife at 15. And she is the love of my life and has been since I was 15 years old. And, you know, we, unfortunately, we loved each other so much. And we had all plans of getting married. Uh, We were in high school, uh, you know... I had already asked her to marry me. We were close to graduating, but unfortunately, we were living in sin, and we were having sex before marriage, and before we were able to get married, and, uh, you know, right before uh, graduation, really, um, she got pregnant with my daughter, and we, uh, we had our daughter at 17, but we did get married before we had our daughter we got married at 17 and trying to live an adult life at such an early age being married with a child the stresses of that um having to work and try to as much help as i had and my mother and my father um I kind of had to skip over that, but my mother is married now. My mother and my stepfather, who I call my dad, he is a a pastor and a great man of God. They actually got married. They started dating um, almost the same time we did, actually a little after we did, but they got married a year before we did. So um, he came into my life at a very early age, you know, uh, about 15. But they didn't get married um, until a year before I got married. Um, anyways, the stresses of living that that horrible life, and even though I was going to church during this time, I was still trying to live the party lifestyle, and I, I was trying to live a double life. You know, I, I had my family at a very young age, guys, seventeen years old. A new baby girl, my wife, but I was still very wild, and I was still living in sin. So, man, I would, <laughs> I'd work, and I'd work hard, and I'd party hard. Man, I would not. I there were so many nights that I would not come home. My wife would have no idea where I was. Um, I'd be out doing drugs. Um, that's when I really started doing drugs that are addictive you know when I was younger you know I drank alcohol um, only on the weekends if when I partied and I smoked pot but as a late teenager as a married man and uh, and an early young adult that's when I, I started with uh, pain pills which are very addictive and I took them because I found out that they they would give me the energy I needed to be able to work this hard job that I had. And I had a hard job at the time. Um, and 
there were sometimes I'd work 12 hours a day. There were sometimes we'd work at night and I would have to work all, I would have had to drive all the way to the job that day and then work all night that night. And you know, I found that if I took these pain pills and also um, prescription amphetamines like Adderall, I, I would mix the two of them to be able to work this job. And you know, it didn't take long before I was addicted to the pain pills. And that addiction, you know, I, I fought it and I dealt with it and I kept it secret. You know, like I said, I was living two different lives for quite a while. You know, years went by. I, I started really taking the pills at about 17. Um, by the time I was 20 years old, I had graduated from those pills, the regular pills, to Oxycontin. And, man, I got really addicted to these Oxycontin, so much so that they had me doing all kind of crazy things to get them. You know, I'd spend every bit of money I had, and then um, <laughs> I'd do things that I'm not going to talk about right now on the air to uh, have the money to get them. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not proud of the things I did, but I, I would... Um, you know, I, I'd rip people off, I'd, I'd steal from people things that, you know, none of us are supposed to do. But, you know, thank the Lord, I actually, I actually, because of getting in trouble with the law, I got caught stealing one time, went to jail, and because of that, and because of being scared to go to prison... I was able to go to rehab. Um, actually, <laughs> it's one of the the rehabilitation. Oh, the rehab I went to is one of the rehabilitation centers that our ministry, Serpents and Doves Ministries, has a relationship with. Now we don't do much work with them because they're not a Christian organization. But we do if we cannot get anybody a bed at Haven of Rest or at any of the other ones, whether it's the women's place or the men's place, we will go and we'll go to secular places. And, you know, I, I'm glad that uh, I was able to go there. Now I'm glad I was able to go there as, as a young adult. At 20 years old, I was there. And um, I'm glad. Um, we have the Christian ministries that we work with. And I, I was supposed to go to one of those Christian ministries. And it's actually the one that we work with more. Well, we work with we work with Haven of Rest more than any other rehabilitation ministry, Christian ministry, inpatient. But we work with Hebron Colony as well. And... I wish I could have gone to one of those, but I wasn't able to, and I went to a place called Morris Village, and that's that's the place that I do tend to call if there's not a bed open at either any of the other two places, because I, I only had, we only had those three places that we worked with, so if any of you know of any uh, rehabilitation centers that are good and Christian oriented and christian based 
in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia area, please let me know. You can send me a message in the comments. You can email me at remnantwarrior84 at gmail.com or you can message me on Messenger. But back to my testimony. I um, I got out and I tried to live a good life after I got off those drugs. And um, I, I lived a Christian life for the most part. You know, I was a, a, a lukewarm Christian from really from then on. Uh, from the time I got off of the pain medicine, uh, my life went normal up until, you know, the normal average middle class family up until... Um, we were living in North Carolina in um, 2009, 10, and 11. We were in North Carolina, first in the Concord, Charlotte area. Then we moved to the Fayetteville Spring Lake area. And, um, you know, I was going to church, teaching Sunday school, <laughs> living lives that a lot of people are living right now, thinking that there's no way that anything horrible like addiction could ever touch you you know you'd never have that problem but friends I'm here to tell you that if you're not grounded in your faith and you don't have a close relationship with Christ and you do not depend on him for absolutely everything and you do not turn to him with everything and give everything to him it can happen to you I promise you because I was in church every Sunday. My wife and I both taught Sunday school. I had just, and okay, um, like I said, in 2010, we moved to Fayetteville. And in Fayetteville, we, um, we were living in the Spring Lake area. And we were going to a great church there. And I was teaching Sunday school. Um, I started seminary because, you know, I knew that that God had called me into the ministry. And, you know, so I started seminary. And then in, my wife gets pregnant. And, you know, we're actually, we're overjoyed uh, because we already had two kids. Um, after, you know, we had our daughter at 17. Um right when we got married then two years later at um in 2003 we had our oldest son ricky my daughter's name is jaslyn um, uh she's not able to to listen live tonight because i think she had to work but um my wife got pregnant with um our son blake and right it wasn't i think it was about seven months into her pregnancy um her her head was hurting extremely bad all the time and um her mom when when my, when my wife was 13 her mom died of a brain aneurysm and she uh she went to the doctor she went to the neurologist that she was seeing for her migraines in fayetteville and she had an MRI done 
and found out that she had an aneurysm too and as you can imagine when your mother has died from the same thing that would be just like me finding out that I had leukemia um, she she uh, was terrified I was terrified she was pregnant with our son and they had to do surgery so they had to take our son early and he stayed in the NIC unit for over a month or right, right about a month he stayed in the NIC unit longer than my wife did and she had two surgeries you know she had the surgery when they took him by c-section and then she had her uh, uh, brain colon surgery for her aneurysm and uh, they still weren't able to remove it she's lived with that aneurysm since then but we lean on the Lord and things were still going good but because of the stresses that we had the added pressures and things that were going on you know we had a newborn baby who was a preemie who had health issues because he was premature my wife was very sick she had just had uh, an operation two operations and she was scared to be in North Carolina with no family and you know uh, I understood that so we came back here to where we live now in South Carolina um, and everything was still going good you know uh, the I, I thought that the Lord was you know continuing to bless the way he had always done and that everything was okay <laughs> you know I just I of course had to change churches I'm sorry these earphones were bothering me the headphones the earpiece was bothering me over here I had to adjust it but you know we we went back to the church that we had gone to for a long time our, our all of our married life our adult life anyway or most of it and you know, things were going good, man. They really were. And then out of the blue, out of the blue, um, <laughs> in April of 2012, my son passed away. He, uh, because he was premature, you know, um, SIDS is uh, something that is, happens even in babies who are full term, but he was premature, and my wife knew that something was wrong with him because he he would stop breathing on some occasions, and she would have to um, she'd have to blow in his face to make him start breathing again. And she took him to the doctor time and time again, and they would say, "Oh, he's okay. It's acid reflux." And one night he just stopped breathing, and uh, you know he. <laughs> He was four months old and but even at four months old you know he was <laughs> to us our miracle baby because my wife had had uh, a miscarriage just a few years like just a few years before she got pregnant with him so we didn't and she also had an ectopic pregnancy so she didn't think that she had her tube rupture and she didn't think we didn't think we could have any more children so when we had Blake his name was Jeremy Blake Anderson Jr. 
Um, you know, uh, he was named after me. We didn't think we could have any more children, so he was, you know, he was our, our little angel. And uh, if you can see behind me, I'm actually where my, my desk is, his memorials behind me. Uh, that was made for my wife and I uh, by a very close friend when uh, he passed away. And this tree was given to us when he passed away. And all of these pictures up here of him, and they've been there since 2012 when he passed but when he passed away my wife um it it tore her to pieces i mean she as any of you mothers can imagine it broke her and my two children my two other children jaslyn and ricky they were very much old enough to for it to affect them tremendously and, you know, as, as someone who has always tried to hold, you know, I've always been strong and held things in and, um, you know, tr- been there for my family as the man. So that's what I did this time. And I wasn't able to grieve. My wife, you know, uh, she has always, I know she doesn't mind me telling this, otherwise I wouldn't, but she's suffered with bipolar and depression and so when my son died she shut down and guys uh for two months she didn't get out of the bed and i'm sure a lot of you mothers can relate to that me as a father can relate to that but i you know there was not i couldn't do that i had two other children that had to be taken care of and i had a household that had to be taken care of but from the time he passed I I remember it like it was yesterday and there may even be some of you watching who were there when this happened the Sunday after he died not long before his funeral my son and I got up Uh, was it Ricky and I or Jaslyn and I which one of them sang with me okay sorry guys (laughs) sorry Ricky sorry Jazz. Uh, It was my daughter, Jaslyn, actually, who got up and sang with me. This is what my wife just said. I thought it was my son, but um, regardless, um, I wanted to sing. You know, I was was upset, but I I hadn't, um, you know, I hadn't, it hadn't really sank in yet. And so the Sunday before his funeral, I sang. And I sang, I, I can only imagine. And at about... I almost made it through the song and I I just I broke down but I I will say this I I because I was trying to do all that I was intoxicated that day that you know as soon as my son passed instead of turning to Christ like I should have done as a believer I turned to drugs what got me through in my teenage life and in my young adult life I turned back to that and I got so angry with God I had to be strong for my wife and my children and you know I can remember having my little girl on my lap with the 
Bible open to the book of Job and, you know, trying my best to explain to her why this happened when I did not, when I couldn't even understand myself why this happened. But I had to do my best to explain it to her. Anyways, um, you know, that was in 2012. Well, I... The only drugs I did, you know, I did start drinking alcohol to numb the pain. And I would drink alcohol and I would, you know, take the occasional nerve pill with alcohol or something to make me go to sleep or muscle relaxers like somas, stuff like that to numb myself. But I wasn't a full-on drug addict. I hadn't gotten <laughs> I hadn't gotten there yet. My life of Sin and addiction was only beginning, but I made it through the year of 2012, and the Lord, even though I had turned my back on Him, and I hadn't completely voiced my opinions of uh, uh, of how angry I was at God, and at one point I even said that God didn't exist, He was a fairy tale. I mean, I, guys, I, I, I shouldn't be here today. God should have struck me dead. Regardless, he didn't. But before I got to that point, um, he still blessed us. And almost a year to the day, my son died in April. He died April the 11th, 2012. Well, we had, the Lord blessed us with another baby boy on March the 18th, 2013. That is how great a God we serve. And I got to tell you, Connor... I would not trade him for anything in the world. And hindsight is 2020. And being past everything I went through <laughs> is I'm able to see now the reasons why God allowed these things to happen. But back to my story. Um, even though I had my son and, you know, things were starting to be great he was healthy um he continued to grow um i told you guys earlier about my best friend um michael rogers little willie as we all called him he uh him and i had we had grown apart as adults and uh even though we had grown apart as adults, we had connected, reconnected in um, our adult life not long after my son was born. Matter of fact, it was uh, November of 2012, not long after my son died, November 2012, um, that him and I connected and we got very close and then 
my son was born in 2013 in March and then Michael and I grew closer and Willie moved in with me and he had this idea uh, because he had always sold drugs um, that was you know his things what he did in school and as an adult even though he did uh, have end up having problems with drugs himself um, he was using uh, opiates that you know I, I really didn't even know he was using at the time I knew that he had been a patient at the methadone clinic because I too had been a patient at the methadone clinic um, during my life and during my struggle with the opiates but um, I knew that he had been clean and away from the methadone for eight months I knew he had been uh, out of the methadone clinic for eight months and you know I didn't have a clue in the world that he was doing anything like that but we were living the the party lifestyle the drug dealing lifestyle and you know we uh <laughs> you'd have thought I was in my early 20s again instead of the age I was and I completely at that point turned my back on the Lord but I didn't voice it yet but I was so angry with him I no longer prayed I never went to church and then August the 15th 2013 six years ago today um, Michael and I had uh, we had had a tattoo party for two nights we had been up two nights partying and he was getting tattoos all over his arms and I got one on my arm but you know he got an entire arm covered and we were partying and the night before he died, I left my house. This is how deep in sin I was. I left my house where my wife and my children were at. Michael was here too. We were having a tattoo party, but it wasn't like a party. You know, my kids were here. My mother was here visiting for the week. It wasn't a party like alcohol. You know, anytime I did the drugs and the things I did, I did it in secret. Or I did it away from my house. I, I I sheltered my kids from those things. You know, especially up until this point. Uh, regardless, um, the night before he died, I was so deep in sin. I left my house. Was gone all night long. My wife knows this. Um, she stuck by me through thick and thin. And... <sighs> We we are closer than we are as close as any two married people can be, and I thank God for her for putting her in my life. He put her in my life so I would have a rock, something to keep me grounded. And you know, she never gave up on me. But that night, I left. And I was at another woman's house. I spent the night with another woman. Married. I loved my wife. 
but I just didn't care about much of anything anymore. And I was so intoxicated, I had drank so much that night, and I was popping pills on top of the alcohol. You know, I'm lucky I made it to where I went, and then I came home. Um, So I wasn't at my house the night before he died, but I got home very early in the morning, six in the morning. So seven o'clock in the morning, you know, I had sobered up by this time but we go to Florence uh, and we go to Walmart and actually it was Hartsville we went to Hartsville to Walmart he was with me Our my son um, Connor was six months old and he was with us Michael was pushing him around in Walmart in the car you know he was alive and happy and definitely didn't seem like he was on anything he was running and playing we left Walmart, came home. By the time we got home, he had passed out in the car. You know, I had uh, been at that house that I was at all night that night. And I actually, even though I was very intoxicated, I didn't stay up all night. I, I slept over there. But he had been up all night the night before, and I knew that. So I thought that's why he passed out. I thought that's why he was asleep. And... You know, I helped him out of the car, up the stairs. Um, I was leaving. Um, I was actually, I, I had to go pick up some drugs for us. You know, we were selling drugs at this time. And I had to go pick up a package of drugs, of cocaine. And uh, I helped him in. And he, my mom was here. And, you know, she was staying uh where he normally slept and so I helped him to my daughter's room and he lay down in my daughter's bed and I left and I didn't get I didn't get far down the road before my phone rang and it was my wife she was crying screaming I could barely understand her um my daughter had she was what 13 at the time I think and she had found him blue He was laying on his back, and he vomited. Um, I I don't know what all he mixed, but I I do know that there was a lot of opiates, um, like heroin-type opiates, but there were pills and like methadone-type things. Because methadone is just a synthetic heroin, and it's stronger than heroin. And I know he, he mixed the methadone with the... Uh, nerve medicine Xanax which those two mixed together that is heroin and he mixed that combination and he like I said he had been he hadn't taken the methadone in 8 months so he did not have a tolerance like he did before and when he took the medicine it was too much for him and that's what knocked him out but I had no idea he had it much less that he had taken it And, you know, I'll never forget that I helped him in that room and laid him down. But my mom was here. She was doing CPR on him when I got here. I ran in, helped her as much as I could. Um, You know, she was doing mouth-to-mouth. I was doing chest compressions. We did that till EMS arrived, but he never made it. So, guys, that was... 
my son died in 2012 and then my best friend who was like my brother died in 2013 that was two things that happened back to back that was enough to send me over the edge I went into a full-on life of sin at this time I took on the gangster persona that you see on TV I got the tattoo on my neck that says trap star I'm not proud of it but I became a trap star I became uh, you know at least for this area a drug kingpin uh, you know I moved a l- <laughs> if anybody bought any kind of cocaine based substance in this area it came from me and that's because I dove head first into this life of sin and I wanted to be the baddest biggest drug dealer that ever lived I was making bukus of money uh, you know there was one time we had three cars a motorcycle um, I had anything that I could want uh, in the world as far as material worldly things and I tried to make sure my family had whatever they wanted but I kept getting further and further and further and further into this sin and I became that big drug kingpin but same time you know I wasn't happy I was miserable and so I was partying all the time going to bars to sell my drugs in bars and um, then you know a lot of times I would only have to sell drugs once I got big enough I'd make a sale once a week and then I, that was it I didn't have to do anything else I had people working for me and um, you know I, I got arrested in 2015 and when I got out no 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 excuse me I said that wrong no 2000 and the end of 2014 I got arrested and when I got out I was really upset Um, thank God I didn't get a felony but what I did was I the alcohol and stuff that I was doing it just wasn't it was not enough anymore that's the way drugs are that's the way sin is no matter what you're doing what you're addicted to whether you're addicted to food pornography whatever it is it's never enough and it always takes you further I know with me I started off just drinking to have fun and especially at this time when I was living this drug dealer gangster lifestyle that that is man that is so opposite of the person that I truly am and that's what I wanted to be I wanted to be the opposite of me and I I was I became the opposite of me but I wasn't happy I was miserable so I would try harder drugs and harder drugs Um, I did leave something out though that's very important about my brother my best friend Willie I believe even though he passed away on August the 15th 2013 I believe he is in heaven with the father today he is with our father I believe that 
because although he passed away that night, uh, I was telling you guys about my father. Well, my mother was here that week, and even though I was gone off uh, committing adultery and all other types of sin, he was here, and that night, he was actually spending time with my mom, and they talked, and she started sharing the gospel with him. And she was showing him the videos of my father preaching. And before it was over with, he wanted to change his life. And he <laughs> he got saved that night. But, you know, as a brand new believer, I mean, like, brand new. That day, that night, brand new. You know, you're not, I don't believe there's any way that you can be close enough in your Christian walk to, you know, to know that taking these drugs or whatever that that that's a sin that's something the holy spirit will convict you of now christ does change you completely but you know certain things take time and you know he took the medicine the next morning but i do know that he wanted to talk to me about quitting dealing the drugs but he never got a chance to um but my mom, she wanted him to the Lord that night, the night that I was gone, the night before he passed away. And I forgot to mention that. I'm sorry because that's important. Back to me. I, um, like I said, the, the drinking and popping the pills wasn't enough. So eventually I started buying heroin because I was selling, you know, I had access to any drug you can think of. And so I went to one of my guys because, you know, I loved the pain pills, but they just weren't enough, especially popping them. Then I'd snort the pain pills and all that powder was too much to snort. So I started buying heroin and snorting the heroin. But then eventually snorting it wasn't good enough. So I learned how to use a needle and started shooting up. So then I was addicted to heroin like that because, guys... If there's anybody listening or watching that knows anything about heroin, it gets you fast. Once you get to that needle, it's got you. I mean, it's got you. And I don't believe that there's anything, I know there's nothing that can truly deliver you from that needle than Yeshua, than our Savior Christ, the one who died for us. That grace that that we are saved through by faith that is the only thing that can truly deliver you from the needle and it's not the same for everybody but I got farther and farther on the needle and as much money as I was making guys when you've got a heroin habit <laughs> Oh man, um, I, I know. I before I made it to being big enough to not have to nickel and dime sell. Uh, you know, I, I've watched guys blow. You know, one guy used to work for the steel mill and had plenty of money. And in one year, I watched him go broke just buying dope from me, crack cocaine. He smoked up every bit of money he had in a year. And, you know, of course it benefited me great. But 
as far as I thought it did, but it didn't. Well, eventually, I tried. I, I, I had never, I was... I was 30 years old, had never tried cocaine, not once in my life, even though I had seen so many friends do it, you know, at parties, whatever. I had never, ever, ever, ever tried it. Said I never would. It was only money to me. When I saw cocaine, it was only dollar signs. That's all I saw. But what happened was the withdrawals from heroin are horrible. They are horrible. That is very close to hell on earth and the sickness you go through it's it's indescribable unless you've been through it there's no way I can explain it to you but the guy that I was getting my heroin from got locked up and then one thing after another would happen and I just I wasn't able to get the heroin anymore. You know, it just dried up like it does sometimes in this in the drug world. In this small area, it's not like we're in Baltimore or New York where, you know, the heroin's on every corner. So, um, especially back then, you know, it's everywhere here now, but back then it wasn't. If you weren't in the drug world like I was, you know, you weren't going to find it, a steady supply of it. But because I was sick as a dog and just wanted to feel better, um, I was at <laughs> I was at uh, my my brother Brad's house, the one I was talking to you about earlier. Um, that <laughs> I, I never thought that I would ever have a friend that was as close as a brother to me again. But Brad, my friend now, um, you know, he is he is my brother, and. I love him, and I love all my brothers in Christ, but Brad, uh, you know, he's he's like blood, and he is family, and my entire, my entire family, my mother, my wife, my children, you know, that's their Uncle Brad, they love him, he loves them, regardless, I was at Brad's house, Brad was on drugs, very bad too, um, and actually the way we became friends was I was his drug dealer. That's how we started talking and eventually became friends. And, you know, I was at his house when I learned to shoot up. Um, I was at his house the entire time I was using, you know. And slowly I went from drug dealer to drug addict. And while I was a drug dealer, I became a drug addict. But I slowly went from a drug dealer that was also an addict to only a drug addict. And... The cocaine is what really did me in. The cocaine and the heroin mix. Man, I was so far out there. Uh, eventually, my wife left. Um, you know, she didn't leave as in, I'm never coming back. But she said, if you do not get your stuff together and, and get in order, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm never coming back. Um, you know, after I started with the cocaine... The entire time on the needle with the heroin and the cocaine was probably about a year and a half, two years. And that may not sound like a lot to some who have done it their entire lives. But I shot because I had such uh, an ample supply 
because of the the world I lived in, I did so much, and um, I, I ruined my veins. <laughs> you know, even now, this many years later, when I go to the doctor and I have to have blood drawn, the lab techs have problems drawing my blood. Um, and you know, I, I have scars on my in a couple places on my arms that'll never go away, probably. Uh, if they haven't in this long, they won't. Um, but uh, finally, after my wife left, I hit a place of rock bottom. Um, I really did. Uh, I was to the place because I was miserable, completely miserable. I got no joy from the drugs. The only time I got any kind of joy was when I shot a shot up when I you know I, when I did a shot and you know I wish I never would have started my brother Brad I was at his house when I started and he begged me he begged me not to shoot that cocaine I didn't know what the cocaine would do you know I'd been shooting heroin I didn't think it could get you know it was heroin he begged me not to shoot that cocaine but you know, I thought I could do a shot, be fine, still sell it. After I did that first shot of cocaine, I never sold any more unless I was selling it to get more. Um, unless I, I, uh, somebody called me for some and, you know, I got it for them and got some out of it, got drugs out of the deal. You know, I, I was a drug dealer no longer and a full-on drug addict. That cocaine, all of these things are spirits, guys. There is a demon behind every one of these drugs. And I know that. Um, That is something that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen things with my own eyes. I wish I had two hours to sit on here and tell you guys all about this. But I don't. My time's almost up. And I hate that because... It's such a, a such a good story, but I am going to finish the testimony and then tell you the scriptures. And you know, for those of you who have to go, I understand. But for those of you who stick in, I appreciate it, and you're showing your willingness to hear the testimony, but. Also, you know, it's obedience to God. You know, I'm not saying you're a bad Christian or a bad person if you leave. If you got to go, go. But, you know, if you felt led to listen to tonight's program, then I pray you will be obedient and listen to all of it. When I started with the cocaine, like I said, my life went completely downhill, so much so that you know, I had never done any kind of drugs um, in front of my children. They had never, I had always hidden it from them. It got so bad, there was no way to hide anything anymore. My wife and children, who were used to having whatever they wanted because their dad was a drug dealer, all of a sudden we were broke. You know, we, there was no food in the house. The lights were about to get cut off. You know, I'd get money, get paid, uh, make a deal, whatever. I did not care a bit about anything but putting it in my arm. So, eventually, my oldest son, who 
will never know how much he means to his dad. He'll never know how much I love him. My oldest son, this this is one of the things that hurts me more than anything else and that I still struggle with. And even though I know that the Lord has forgiven me and that my sins have been cast as far as east is from the west, I just pray my son has forgiven me and I have to try to forgive myself. My little boy walked in on me shooting up with a needle in my arm and there was actually several times that um, he saw me through windows or whatever and I, I regret that so so very much but also I lost my relationship with my daughter and like I said eventually my wife left so I had lost my entire family I was ready to die I was ready to die October the 28th, 2016, I was ready to die. I was ready to go buy enough drugs. I was not going to shoot myself, but I was ready to go buy enough drugs to where I would do the shot and wouldn't have to worry about anything else. That night, it was completely dark in my house. I was at home alone in my living room I was in my recliner guys the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life um, because when I got saved at 13 I never had that you know the Spirit wasn't dealing with my heart I wasn't convicted in that way but I, I went because my friends went but that night guys the Holy Spirit came and spoke to my heart and spoke to my spirit and I knew right then that I could call on the name of the Lord I just knew it and guys I cried out audibly loud for Jesus to save me for Christ to deliver me and I broke right then because guys it was 2016 from 2012 when my son died I had not shed one tear I maybe had cried a little bit um, when I broke down at the church but I had not mourned and all of that had built up inside of me and all the anger and all the anger I had towards myself for the things I had did to my family and done to my body uh, I just broke in that moment when I surrendered everything to Christ and guys when I surrendered everything to Christ right then and I asked him to take every bit of it from me when I called out audibly and had faith that he would do it. Because I knew. I knew. I could see. Well I couldn't see. But you could feel the spirit. In my house. Guys. It, you could cut it with a knife. It was like a fog. Man. I have seen evil spirits. And I have been in situations. In spiritual warfare. 
since I became a believer. And also, I have seen things on drugs, demonic things, that were not as powerful as the experience that I had with Christ my Savior, Yeshua. The one who died for me and for you and for everyone on this earth. Everyone who's ever been born and everyone who ever will be born. The experience I had with him and the Holy Spirit that night was something I cannot describe to you all. But I will tell you that he delivered me completely from my drug addiction. Completely. He changed me 100%. I felt the change. That was something that I did not think would happen. And it doesn't happen for everybody. But the, the Lord, God the Father, knows every one of us. He knows us because He created us. And I think He knew what I needed to be able to surrender everything to him I needed to because I had come to a point to where I had gone from being so angry with God to not believing he existed and I believe that he knew that I truly needed to be able to know that he was there and delivering me and he did and (laughs) I of course you know I wasn't perfect but because of the Christian background I already had I immediately the very next day started living a life for Yeshua and eventually my wife came home my son came home both my boys that came on with her. My daughter and I, we reconciled our relationship. And we're very, very, we're probably closer today than we've ever been, me and all my, my family. It took a long time to get from where I was the night that Christ delivered me from the chains and bondage of my addiction to where I'm at now but because he is faithful and just and will answer our prayers forgive us of our sins and he keeps his word and when I cried out for him to save me when I cried out for him to take every bit of that for me he did and you know I started immediately going to church my family was in church it took a long time for me to prove myself because you know this is a small area it's not a big city you know everybody in three four cities knows everybody and everybody knew me so most people you know they thought that I was you know uh, doing what a lot of people do especially a lot of addicts they uh, find Jesus but see (laughs) I found Jesus 
after he found me. He came to me and delivered me that night. I, all I did was have the fate to reach up and take that hand when he reached down for me when I was at my rock bottom. And that's all anybody has to do. If you are where I was at or in your own place but at the same level of rock bottom or you see yourself heading there very very close to being there you see it coming up I'm here to tell you now that you can cry out to Jesus you can message me today you can message me on messenger you can call my telephone and I will talk with you every bit of my information is on the serpents and doves ministries page and guys if you know anyone who is suffering from addiction from the bondage and the chains that go with it or anyone who may just benefit from talking with me I suggest that you uh, show them and recommend Serpents and Doves Ministries to them. Send them to our page. My phone number is on the page. They can call me. All my information is on the page. All the information about the ministry is on the page. If they need to talk, if they want to come and join one of our groups... Every bit of that information is on the page. They can schedule, uh, you know, they can call me or go to the, the Facebook page and schedule a counseling session. And we can sit down and talk, talk about their problem and figure out where to go depending on where they're at. Because everybody is not in the same place in their addiction. But... We don't just do addiction ministries. We had this radio ministry. And tonight was a special edition uh, where I shared my testimony because of what day it was. And I, I hope that people who watch this, if you're just now tuning in, you know, I, I really, really suggest that you go back and watch it from the beginning. I'm almost done, sweetheart, here. I'm almost done. Go back and watch it from the beginning is when, when it's over. And, you know, um, <laughs> we at Serpents and Doves Ministries, first and foremost, want to reach the world for Jesus Christ. We want to spread the gospel, the good news of Yeshua to the world. So we have our outreach ministry. And... You know, I am available to speak at any church if you're a pastor or if you, um, you know, you're, you want to talk to your pastor about me coming and speaking at your church. I speak at churches all the time. Um, right now, the only preaching I do is evangelism. I am big time into evangelist work. That, that is where God has put me. I evangelize on this radio program, and anytime I am able to be in the pulpit, I preach the Word of God. And so if you would like 
me to come and share my testimony at your church. Or if you're having a revival, I'll be glad to come and preach for that. Um, you Tell your pastor to call me and we can talk. And <laughs> I need pastors to call me. I need pastors to reach out and help me grow this ministry. We have so many pastors in this community. So many churches in this community. And I have a ministry right here that... And I'm not just talk, I'm not talking about the radio ministry. I'm talking about the outreach and the addiction ministry. I've got a ministry right here that the Lord has allowed and helped me to start that could reach so many people for Christ. But I'm doing it on my own for the most part, guys. All these churches around, they could do so much. I want to give a shout out right now speaking of this very thing to Mary Callie. Mary, I don't know if you're watching. I see that you've messaged me on Messenger, but I can't answer it because I'm doing this program live. Uh, if you weren't able to watch live, you know, it's no big deal. You know, you can go back and watch it. That's all I want is for you to go back and watch and listen to it. And it'll also be on Serpents and Doves Radio. We're, uh, we're on the podcast. So, you know, but I want to give a shout out to Mary Callie. <sighs> Mary Callie listened to uh, an episode of Serpents and Doves. And I reached out to her. And I sent her the um, episode and the link to my podcast. And uh, we started talking on Messenger. She's got her own radio network and you know she's gonna help me in a lot of ways to get to further my radio ministry so the Lord has provided in the radio and the podcast aspect of the ministry but I need people in my community I need pastors I need churches I've already spoken with several pastors who've agreed to pray, but I need more than just prayer. I need pastors to help me uh, with this outreach ministry and this addiction ministry. I need to be speaking and preaching as much as I can. Guys, the Lord has put a fire in my heart to spread the gospel, and I am going to reach out as much as I have been doing I am going to continue to reach out to pastors but if anyone's watching who is a pastor or you go to a church that is a Bible believing sound doctrine church that's sound in the word and you know you like your pastor you trust your pastor you know he's a believer and he's leading the church and the way that they should go talk to him just just ask him to contact me my number is on the Serpents and Doves Ministries Facebook page but I'll give it to you right now it's 843-250-9495 and if you don't know my name I'm sure it's up there somewhere but I, I'm not just the remnant warrior I'm the remnant warrior on Serpents and Doves radio but I'm Jeremy Anderson and you know if <laughs> if you know me 
great. If you don't, it's even better because that is what I'm trying to do is meet new people in the kingdom to spread the word of God because that's what needs to happen. Yes, I've given my testimony tonight and yes, I hope I have reached somebody and I I know that there will be somebody that hears my testimony that will hear it and it will help them because our Lord promises us that His Word does not return void. And I started this ministry, I mean this episode off with two scriptures and those two scriptures in Jeremiah that I read to you the first one where I called out to to the Lord and then the second one where he said if you call out to me then and you are faithful and you truly believe then I will answer that is exactly exactly what happened But, guys, if we the church will come together as one, as one, in prayer, and also in outreach and in spreading the gospel of Yeshua, of Jesus Christ, to our communities and beyond our communities, that is the only way that the people are going to find and hear about Christ is if we tell them. And the only way this country is going to change is through Christ. You know, personally, I believe that we are in the very end times. But we're not going to talk about eschatology tonight. I'm just going to tell you that the only way that anything will change is if we, like I said in the beginning, we, if Christ... We, the body of Christ, if we change it. And as the body of Christ, as the representative of Yeshua on earth, we have to share His love and what He did on the cross with the lost. And that is the main goal of Serpents and Doves Ministries. That is my main goal. And I pray that... I will be able to do that more and more and more and more, not just on the radio. I pray that I'm in as many pulpits as I can get in. I pray that I have as many one-on-one meetings with people who need help, who need Jesus Christ, who is the only one who can break those chains of addiction and completely deliver you. Because like I said in the beginning and like I say in all of my episodes the only you know the the medical community and the the Christian I mean not Christian the non-Christian write these down for me honey the because I know you got to go the non-Christian uh, addiction uh, places like AA and NA and you know, secular rehab facilities, they tell the addicts this lie that they have, uh, and, and they mean well, they do, but they tell the people that they have a uncurable disease that they will have forever. I'm here to tell you today, that's a lie. 
Guys, you could not get as far out in drugs, on drugs, <laughs> as an addict as I was. You could get as far, but and I'm sure there are people who've done worse, but I did not share everything I did in my addiction. I just shared all the drugs I did and the problems it led and the way Christ delivered me. I promise you that I was as far out there as I could get. I was at my rock bottom. I, If I would not have accepted Jesus Christ that night, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I would be dead. That was my last chance. Do not lose your last chance. Because what you're hearing tonight from me could be the Holy Spirit talking to you. Just because... The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart in spirit that night. That's not the only way that God speaks to us. That's not the only way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through people. And, you know, if I had not grown up in church and had a, you know... a relationship with Christ and tried to live as a Christian for all those years before my son died, then I don't believe that the Holy Spirit would have been able to reach out to me because I would not have known what was going on. So a person who had taught me all that, all the many ministers I heard, all the many times I had been witness to, the many things my mother, father, friends, family, all the people had said to me and all the people who had spoken to me and witnessed to me, all of that took hold in my heart. God's word does not return void. And it didn't with me and it hasn't with a lot of others. And you know, everybody who said all the things that I was told who shared the messages with me. They were planting seeds. And those seeds kept being watered. And eventually, when I hit rock bottom in my addiction, the plant bloomed. The plant of salvation that me becoming a Christian, I became a a flower, if you want to call it that. You know, a seed is planted. I became, you know, the, the, the crop... Bloom that night, October the 28th, 2016. Well, you know, I'll never forget it. And I hope that there's someone listening tonight that the Holy Spirit talks to through me. But guys, I'm going to I'm going to give you these scriptures. I want you to write them down. If you're an addict, they could very well help you. If you are talking with someone who is an addict and you're trying to help them, you can use these scriptures to help them. Um, these are just 10 scriptures that I use. I use them when I'm in the groups and I use them when I'm talking to people one-on-one. Write these down, guys. Number one is Psalms chapter 30, verses 1 through 3. The second one is Psalms chapter 10, verse 7. Excuse me, I read this wrong. Forgive me, guys. (laughs) 
Oh, my wife wrote these down for me. You know, I use these all the time, but I needed her to write them all down for me because uh, I, I didn't have them in front of me. You know, I know my Jeremiah scriptures and my James scriptures. Those are the ones I use the most, but I wanted you to have all of the ones that I use. Anyways, number two is Psalm 107. Verse 19 through 20. Number three is the first verse I read to you tonight. Jeremiah 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 14. The second one is Jeremiah chapter 29, 12 through 13. 12 and 13 are the ones where God was replying and speaking to me. Also, Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 12. Number 6 is Matthew, chapter 11, 28 through 37 is Mark 5, 34, 8. And these are 8 and 9 are the ones that I use the most. Jeremiah, the two in Jeremiah and the two in James. James, chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. James chapter 4 verse 10 and finally Revelation 21 3 and 4 those are the verses that I wanted you to write down tonight and guys that's going to end this edition of Serpents and Doves Radio I hope you've enjoyed tonight's program I know it was not our usual program and I, I apologize to my radio audience if it's not what you wanted to hear but it's what I was led to share and I will always be obedient to the Holy Spirit always be obedient I'm going to share the scriptures with you one more time because I did read them kind of fast because of the time so I'm going to share them one more time um just in case you know you didn't get them they are number one psalms chapter 30 verse 1 through 3 number two psalms chapter 107 verses 19 and 20 jeremiah 17 14 number four jeremiah 29 12 and 13 Number five is Zechariah 9 through 12. Number six is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Number seven is Mark 5, 34. Number eight is James chapter 4, verse 10. Number nine is James chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. And number 10 is Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 and 4. Guys, I'm going to end tonight's program with a word of prayer. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to the live broadcast. And I really and truly hope and pray that somebody will reach out to me. And I'm going to continue to pray all week that someone heard tonight's program and either needs deliverance from the bondage of sin and addiction. I'm going to pray for both. I hope that 
at least somebody reaches out to me that needs help from our ministry. And I'm going to pray that somebody reaches out to me that wants that is willing to help me further our outreach and addiction ministries. I don't want your money. I just need pastors and churches to help me spread this message and to help me help others. That is the way that you can help this ministry more than anything. Now, I'm not saying that I don't um, appreciate the uh, support that we get from people. I absolutely do. We wouldn't have the radio or the the um, addiction and outreach ministries without it. But more than anything, we need to be able to spread this message. That's why I'm doing these programs live on Facebook instead of just doing the podcast. That way I can reach more people. You know, it doesn't matter how many people watch live. The program will, st- the, the video will still be on Facebook for people to tune in and watch. And, you know, I, I actually had to leave out a lot of my testimony and things that happened. Um, and I'm sorry about that. But I, I really didn't have a choice because of time. You know, I, I, I've already been going for two hours. So um, I've got to go ahead and end this program. But I am going to say that I want everyone to tune in Saturday. We're doing a special event. I'm fixing to put the event on the the Facebook page as well as Remnant Warriors. We're doing a special, another live event, a live Shabbat episode tomorrow. And we're going to be doing it tomorrow at 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be sharing the invite and sending the invitations guys everybody watching this please pray that the people who get the invites will actually join because I'm, I'm going to tell you something um, you know it's different when you're in church you're standing in a pulpit you've got a church full of people listening to you when you're on a platform like this um if you don't have that many people tune in, it's like you're in a church. Say you've got 10 people tuning in. It's like you're in a church talking to 10 people. The only difference is, yes, people will go back and listen. And, you know, with last week's episode, there were, I don't know, with both of them together, I think close to 80 views, which is great. But, you know, we can do better. With your help, we can do better. Spread the word. Tell people to tune in. Invite people to listen. Share the Serpents and Doves ministry page. Invite people to join Remnant Warriors. You know, just just do your part for the kingdom. You know, this is a ministry. If you do not believe in it, then don't support it. But if you do, share our ministry with others and support us 
And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about helping us spread our word and help others. Alright guys, thank you for tuning in. I love each and every one of you. Shalom and good night. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now. And I thank you so much for being able to share my testimony with the people watching tonight and all the people that I know will come back and watch it after it's finished, Father. I thank you so much for them. I also thank you, Lord, for being able to be alive to do this program, Father. I am in awe of the things I have seen and the things that you have done. The changes just in me. That would be enough in itself to make me (laughs) believe in you and your power and your love. But Father, all the other wonderful, miraculous things that I've seen with my own eyes, that I've heard, that I've watched, that I've felt. Father, I thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of those to grow my faith. Father, I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to become a member of the body of Christ, to become a son of God, one of your children, to be adopted in to the body. And Father, I thank you so much for giving me this platform to spread your word, to spread your gospel of grace and of redemption. And Father, I thank you so much for everyone who tunes in to the podcast and radio program, everyone who tunes in to the Facebook lives that we've started. I thank you so much for Mary Callie and what she means to me, Father. I thank you so much for the ministry she's doing for you and for the way that you have helped people and grown your kingdom through her ministry, through things like the Fourth Watch Radio that she was a huge part in starting. And um, people like Justin and Westfall and now BDK and Father, all the ministries that are on the fourth watch. Father, I thank you so much for community therapy for what it's meant to me for the truth that I've seen watching community therapy and Father I pray that everyone listening and watching will hear what I say and see the link that I will be sharing on the page for Mary Callie's program community therapy and Father I thank you so much for all the lives that you have allowed me to be able to touch and that you've touched 
through me and through this ministry and through this platform that you've given me. And I love you so much. And I give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And it's in the most precious, powerful, and holy name of my Lord and Savior, Yeshua, that I pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. Guys, again, I love you. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you all next time, Saturday. Remember to join in Saturday, guys. I'll see you Saturday. Until then, shalom. God bless, and I love you. Thank you.